0: I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold.
1: That covers everything and anything and tells it like it is My name is Joe B And my tag team
2: partner and co-host is somewhere His name is David G Sir, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good uh, Thanks for letting the fans know uh, what my name is But folks <laughs> If you're tuning in for the first time, or if you're tuning in for the 100th time, make sure you check out our website, puregoldpg.com, where, of course, you can check out our Facebook, our Twitter, and all that other goodness. Make sure you call in. Be a part of the show at 714-364-4721. One more time. 714-364-4721. JB, what do we have lined up for the audience today, sir. Thank you, sir. Tonight
1: on the program, lead singer Blanca Reyes from Group 1 Crew joins us. We'll be breaking down week five of the locals in NFL with the Giants and Jets. We'll preview week six. We'll talk about the bl- baseball playoffs that just got underway last week. All right, sir. And we will talk about one little nugget that I have. We'll talk about somebody turning one years old tomorrow before we let you go. And we have my favorite installment
2: of They Stink, sir. It's an action pack, so. Wait, it's going to be your favorite installment, or are you saying that that's your favorite installment of the show? That's your favorite part of the show? No, I'm saying that this one might be my favorite of all time. Oh, well, I can't imagine
1: after last week, but I guess we'll have to find out, sir. We will. So, sir, Blanca Reyes. Yes, sir. Group 1 crew. Expecting any minute now, so uh, let's buy some time, shall we? So, uh. Yeah, l- let's. <laughs> tomorrow, uh, pretty. Let's get right to the nugget, actually, uh. Tomorrow, somebody turns one years old. Do you want to let us know who that is?
2: Yeah, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you would be referring to my daughter, a.k.a. the person who's going to replace you on this show when she gets old enough, a.k.a. uh, Isabella. Yes, sir, she turns a year old tomorrow. Very excited. Um, As I mentioned before many times on the air, being a dad is the greatest job ever. You, it's definitely you better than you, being your co-host. It's definitely yeah. better than doing it. It's better than everything,
1: sir. Do you remember when you broke the news about you having a baby, like, way back in
2: February? Do I remember when I broke the news to who? To you? To the show. Oh, to the the Pure Gold audience? Um yeah. Actually, you know what? I do not remember. I don't remember breaking that down, sir, but uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely... <laughs> it's definitely exciting, you know, from uh, my perspective that uh, tomorrow she turns a year old, sir, and, uh, you know, we have a party lined up at Chuck E. Cheese. It's going to be good stuff. Well, happy, healthy birthday to Isabella, one years old tomorrow. Let's
1: – well, I wish her a happy, healthy birthday. Um, but of course. um Of course. I just hope that, um, you know, she doesn't grow up to be the scum like you are, and hopefully she has the, the genes of her mother. Maybe not. I love dead air. Anyway, so before we get Blanca on the show, I also want to mention that um, we might as well get these nuggets out of the way because we're going to be rolling uh, as soon as Blanca gets on the show. But sir, another nugget, did you hear about the Mets offering uh, David Wright a $100 million contract? Is this a joke? Because I didn't hear that anywhere. No, no, it's definitely confirmed, but the, the the funny thing about it is, since you don't know, but that that is news to you now, but the the fact that they made it public makes me think that the Mets are really not that interested in signing David Wright. They made it public to make it seem like they're the good guys, and David Wright's going to reject the offer. So I just find it interesting that they made the, you know, the offer uh, public when it should be like a private thing done with the agent and the organization.
2: No, you're right. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute, sir, because uh, we have – we have someone joining us on the line here. I believe we have our special guest for evening. Folks, we here at Pure Gold, proud and privileged to be joined right now by the lead singer of Group 1 Crew, one of my favorite uh, hip-hop bands, actually probably my favorite hip-hop band, and one of my favorite uh, musical acts, period. Uh, we have Blanca Ray joining us. Blanca, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm doing good. Hello.
2: How are you? How's cool. uh, how's everything down there in uh, in sunny Florida?
3: sunny florida is good i just came in from laying out by my pool hanging out with my dog so life is good right now
2: (laughs) that's definitely good considering it's cold up here and rainy and all kinds of other terrible terrible things going on here in this area but you know blanca uh we we of course we appreciate you uh giving us some time and and joining us here on the show as i mentioned i am a, a big fan of your music. Um, You know, I have uh, a couple of the albums you guys have, have dropped over the years now. Before we get to group one though, let's talk about you for a second. What, what, when was it that you decided or you had a feeling or an inkling or you knew that you were going to make music your career?
3: Man, um, I've always loved music since I was a little girl. Um, I was that girl that would uh, host her own talent show at home, make her parents (laughs) sit down and be the judges. And, um come out with my you know with my uh my brush as my microphone, and I just loved music since I was really young, so I knew I always had a passion for it, and I knew i that was kind of my dream that I was gonna do it but um it wasn't until later on in life um where you know God just started opening doors and really showing me uh my calling and um so that was a, an experience for me,
2: no definitely I could. I could imagine. I mean, you know, a lot of people. We've had quite a few musical, uh, you know, performers, different acts on the show, and you know, we like to, we always like to ask our guests when they knew when the moment was. Now, you know, let's fast forward. Now, you know, you you've somehow got hooked up with uh, the other guys in, in Group One Crew. How did that get started?
3: Well, Group One Crew started off as a Bible study in Orlando, Florida. So we all went to the same church um, here in Orlando, and We were friends before anything kind of just through the church. And um, Manuel, which is the other member of the group, and a friend of ours named Paul, they kind of saw the talent and the need for something um, a little more. So they started up a Bible study for musicians in the area that wanted to kind of grow in their music but also grow in their relationship with God. So I was a brand-new Christian, and um, they invited me in, and... That's kind of where it started. The the Bible study was called Group One, and it was just a a group of individuals. So there was a group of people, but we all had our individuality. We all had, you know, whatever the, the talent or the ministry that God was calling us to, and we just helped each other out. And, you know, you fast forward 10 years, and here we are. You know, it was 13 of us. People moved on and got married or started, you know, became pastors or did their own ministry. And um, three of us remained, which was Pablo, Manuel, and me. And now it's down to two. So it's been a long journey, but definitely a great one.
2: Now, Blanca, you've
1: completed four albums?
3: Yes, four.
1: Um, Has each one of those been different themes? Like, can you go through and tell us what the theme of the four albums were?
3: Well, the first album was uh, our self-titled First Album Out, so the theme of that was pretty much like, here we are on the scene, you know, we were a brand new group, um, kind of trying to figure out our sound and, and who we were, you know, just really early on in the game, and um, so there was no big theme on that one, it was just more like, here we are, you know, here's group one right. crew, um, hopefully people would welcome us in, and we were just young bucks, like, doing <laughs> our passion, and... um Ordinary Dreamers Was the next album And I think that's when we really started finding out You know who we are Not just like okay this is what the label Wants us to to sound like Or this is what you know We were underground hip hop You know we're like no we don't want to change Our sound for nobody this is who we are And finding that balance And then realizing um, The power in um, Just making music for Everyone not being so Focus on one thing So we wanted to make an album With Ordinary Dreamers That was completely about Dreaming big um, Taking people like us That came from broken homes Or from nothing, you know And seeing God do the impossible So we were ordinary people Doing extraordinary things So that's Ordinary Dreamers And the next album after that Was Out of Space Love And that was, you know Okay, now we've Done it, you know, two records in Now we're on our third record We want to go all out and just go crazy with this one So that's what Outer Space Love was And it just talked about um, Taking God outside the box You know, not just looking at things From the same perspective That you've always looked at it But really going um, And realizing that His love is out of space Like, there's so much to God That we don't even understand Or can't even grasp So, that was the the whole theme behind Out of Space Love and then the latest album man I'm talking a lot but if talking, explain,
4: we love it. We love it.
3: <laughs> the last album was Fearless and um that just came out last month. And the message behind that was, you know, group one, we're four records in. We've been through a lot in life. You know, things haven't always been picture perfect. You know, we've gone through Amazing things like marriage and, and really hard things like losing my father last year to cancer and just all this this journey of life and what it means to, to truly be fearless. And that's not saying that you'll be without fear, but stating that, you know what, God, even when I don't understand, even when things are great or when things aren't, I'm choosing to trust you and to walk forward in faith. So. That to me is the definition of fearless And that's what the album is all about
1: Well that's awesome Blanca Have you had like people come up to you And say that your music has inspired me Or has changed me How I look at God and life
3: Yeah it's It really makes Everything we do so worth it Because that's why we do it You know we want to inspire people Encourage people um, And ultimately change lives for the kingdom You know and um, so it's really encouraging to go out there and see how people um, have taken our music, whether it's someone who's never believed in God or whether it's uh, they they heard us by chance or their friend showed us, them their music or even just, you know, people that have been fans of us since the beginning, just hearing how different songs, whether it's He Said or Beautiful or Forgive Me, um, how these songs had have, have just touch their lives and, and show them God in a new in a new way. So that's really, really why we do what we do.
2: Okay. Uh, that's great stuff, and it's always something good to hear. Um, you know, different bands. Uh, you know, everybody always has their own reasoning for why they do music, and of course. The the idea you would think for being a Christian band would be to talk about Jesus and you know spread their uh, their beliefs and their faith and and all that which of course is always a, a positive thing. Now I, I have a question and this is just something that that I'm curious about. You mentioned that you guys are down to two members uh, and I, I know in the past there were three of you. What happened to the uh, to the third member of the of the group? If you don't mind well, us third, No, not at all. The
3: third member was Pablo. Um, And he was like a brother to me I think we were super close in the group And um, within, I believe it's been a year now That he hasn't been with us But he was just going through so much in his life You know, just like we were talking about We were going through marriages And then um, he was going through stuff with his family uh, Kind of whether, you know, his family divorced And, you know, his parents had been married for Almost 30 years And just wow. dealing with those things And on top of that He was getting married And he was dealing with some Some personal struggles in that as well And we all kind of sat down And said You know We care about us as people Before right. music That's always been the, the goal with group one Is to come out as better people um, Because better people Ultimately make better music So that comes first. Family and, and who we are comes first. And, and we really felt like he was having a hard time. He knew he was having a hard time being on the road and being away from everything that was going on at home. So all that to say, we made a, a executive decision and felt that it was his time to kind of step down and, and tend to those things, his number one ministry, which was his wife and his family. So that's what right. he did. And We still keep in touch with him. Uh, He comes over every once in a while, and we get to share on life, and he's doing great. So, though it was really, really hard at the time, because we've been together since the beginning, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. When we look back now, we really know it was a God thing. It was definitely a decision that, that was the right one.
2: Right now, you know, you mentioned families, and of course, you mentioned marriage a couple of times. Now, uh, the other, the other, you know, still existing member of your group, which would be Manuel. I didn't know this until I was looking this up just recently. He actually married a comedian, Angela Johnson, and I I mean, she is hilarious, and I've seen her. I'm not. I'm not the one to go out to you know comedy clubs and whatnot because a lot of you know a lot of the stuff to, to me is offensive. But I went to go see her in New York uh, last year, and she was amazing. Uh, what's that like? I mean, I, I, has she ever been around you guys? As uh, you know, in, in terms of when you're doing your music, or is it more like a, just a personal type of thing, like you know, high et etc. Well, she hasn't.
3: I mean, she hasn't been there, like in the in the recording of the music or involved in that. But she's always. As much as she can, she goes on the roll because she has her career and then he has his, so it gets really hard for them to kind of spend time together. But I absolutely love her. Just like you said, she's hilarious, but (laughs) off from her comedy skit, like she's just a down-to-earth, like, amazing girl, and I love her for for Manuel. So she really um, brings some type of good qualities to him and and just helping – like, she's, they're just a good fit, so I'm really happy that they're together, and, and she's hilarious off off comedy and on comedy. She's always funny, and <laughs> we love hanging out with her.
1: Wow, that, that sounds like fun stuff. Now, Blanca, besides winning a Grammy Award for your music, uh, what, what else is your ultimate goal in uh, music?
3: Besides winning a Grammy? Because um, we know you're
1: going to win one, so...
3: In Jesus' name, I claim that <laughs> um some other goals for me would be um, I personally would love to do more than the music i want i wanna there's so many dreams like once you do music, it's like you realize that it's so much more than just that like I love to to encourage and, and be a part of a lot of young women's lives. Um, so I hope that in the future I'm able to, whether make a clothing line or um, some type of connection and organization for young women um, would be a, a big goal of mine as well.
2: Okay, All right. Uh, that's that's definitely some some good stuff here. And yeah, I'm looking. You guys have won uh, several Dove Awards, which of course is like is the height of uh, of Christian music. Uh, tell us, you know, if you can briefly about that. I mean, when you won your first one, it was off of your your first album, you know, New Artist of the Year. And and I own that album, great album by the way. Um, what was that like when you first won? And I mean, are are you used to winning now? It's like ah, uh, we won a whole bunch of them, so not a big deal. Or is it still a big a big thing for you?
3: No, it is It's always a big deal You know, you get so nervous at those things Because, you know, you're surrounded by all your peers And people that you admire And um, people in the industry So they're kind of the ones that are voting And making stuff happen So it's always very gratifying When you see that people appreciate your music And respect you as an artist So, man, the first time it happened We were all shaking in our boots I think we really... (laughs) (laughs) We Really did not expect it Like We weren't ready for it So when we were called Like we all looked at each other Like Oh my gosh You know We didn't prepare anything What are we going to say We just went up there And all looked like Crazy people But It was definitely fun
2: Wow You know um, Again Looking at Looking at your uh, Your resume As it were And again Like I said uh, At the beginning uh, Being a fan of your music And not just Oh you know It's cool Let's get her on on the air because of whatever. No, you know, it's great to actually to talk to you, to hear your, your perspective on things. And, of course, we, you know, here at Pure Gold, we, we love the fact that you are able to give us some time. And, you know, I know working you in the schedule was, was difficult. What Tell us, what's coming up for you soon? I mean, it, it, I know you guys just dropped an album recently. I mean, wh- when that's over, you know, what are you guys doing now? Touring? I mean, wh- tell us, what, what's the future yeah, of Group 1 Crew?
0: We are
3: touring hard right now. We just had a new record that came out, so we're trying to be on the road as much as possible. We're currently out um, on the Worth More Than Gold Tour with Britt Nicole and Mario Taylor, so that's been really fun. Uh, We did our first week last week, and now we're starting off tomorrow in Jacksonville and hitting up Florida spots, which is my home state. I'm excited about that. And then straight from there, we go off tour with Britt Nicole, we go on a music boat cruise for a little bit and then we hit Winter Jam West Coast. Um so that's exciting cuz we we've never we've done Winter Jam East Coast but we've never done the West Coast one. So I think our fans in in um on the West Coast are going to be excited about that. And then uh, after that
4: after we go that. straight
3: from Winter Jam, we go on the Toby Tour which is the Hits Deep Tour hitting everybody up in December, I believe. So we're straight like Three tours in three months, touring hard, and then taking a break in January because I think we're all going to be, like,
2: zombies. Yeah. out? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, Blanca, uh, you know, before we let you go, tell us, how can the fans keep in touch with you? How can they follow your career and get all of your, uh, your music?
3: The best way to keep in touch with us, hit us up at grouponcrew.com, which is our website. We have different links there, um, blogs, but you can also hit us up at the links, which are Twitter and Facebook, um, which is everything, facebook.com forward slash group1crew and twitter.com forward slash group1crew. It's actually us on there. We respond to you. We are actually the ones writing. So it's a really cool way to keep in touch with us and find out if we're in a city near you.
2: Definitely. Hopefully you will be in a city near many of our fans. I know we're up here in New Jersey, but uh, I have a lot of family down there in Florida, so who knows, maybe we'll swing down there and check you guys out. Blanca, thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we can have you on again. Much success to you in the future.
3: Thank you guys so much, and uh, stay warm up there.
2: (laughs) We'll try. We don't have a nice (laughs) pool to go to, but uh, we'll try.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, take Uh, care, you guys.
2: You too. Have a good one.
3: Okay, bye.
2: Folks, that was Blanca Reyes from Group 1 crew. And, uh, JB, it's time for a commercial break, so uh, let's do it. Let's do it. when we come back, we'll be talking some football week
1: five in the league where they play. So, hey,
0: This is Miss Pennsylvania USA 2011, Amber Joy Watkins.
3: Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com.
0: It is truly a show about anything and everything. And Dave and Joe, tell it like it is. Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around.
3: Hi, this is Brittany Bell, Miss Arizona USA 2010. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold each week to hear the best interviews and live talk radio. David and Joe are simply the best. Check them out at puregoldpg.com.
0: What's up, guys? This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com.
1: Welcome back, folks. It is Pure Gold for this Wednesday night, October tenth, twenty twelve. It's time, sir. We we start off with a great.
2: Great host, a uh, great guest, Blanca Reyes, and uh, yeah, that was old school, sir. We haven't started out a show with a guest in a while, and uh, you know, to finish Blanca and with the schedule, we did that. But it, it was kind of nice to uh, do it old school as we used to do, sir. Yes, sir.
1: And as we get closer and closer to working on 1640 AM Ironbound Radio, it's always good to go old school once in a while, so.
2: Absolutely. And uh speaking of that, I know we had mentioned November fourteenth was gonna be the uh the business there that we're gonna start, but there is a chance that we may start sooner. We'll let you guys know in next week's show. Yeah, that's what
1: happens when uh you know, the name Pure Goal gets out there and all of a sudden, you know, the demand is high for a show like us, so you never know. We might be starting a week or two early. Yeah. Or a month early, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But sir, it's time to get to business, it's time to talk about week five in the NFL, especially the local teams, I think it's best that we start off with the ugly and work our way to the good. This past Monday, two nights ago, the Jets played the Texans, a team that, let's face it, the Texans are a team that do the, do everything right on the offensive side, on the defensive side. They're undefeated, and they stayed undefeated, folks. They played the Jets, and uh, from... You know the game was close, but it was never that close where you thought that the jets could actually win i i at least I felt that way. I felt that the jets made two main mistakes again mark sanchez was not did not have his a game again. The team incorporated Tim Tebow only some of the dr- some of the downs he i mean if you want Tim Tebow to be effective folks uh it, it's it's obvious that you need to have him play for a whole drive, not just Play first down, second down, or play just one down, and then have Mark Sanchez clean up the the one yard gain that Tim Tebow gets. And hey, sir, I mean, I, 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 I,
2: I not to cut you off, I just kind of wanted to, I wanted to ask you, um, did you hear the comments Woody Johnson made? I was looking at ASPN earlier today on lunch, and uh, he made some comments referencing Mr. Tebow.
1: Yep, this is why uh, old school sometimes doesn't work. Because I was going to get to the the <laughs> fact that Woody Johnson <laughs> was going to made a comment that uh he says that Tim Tebow is going to stay around three more years. Yeah. I don't want the guy on my team for three more games, let alone three more uh three more years. I I I think he's so uh misused uh, uh, on the Jets offense. Oh, nice. And uh you know, it's starting to look like uh you know, Seanheimer, uh the former offensive coordinator is just as lost as this guy sperano because they they don't have a clue. I mean, this walk has been a flop, a farce and uh you heard my little tirade last week, or I guess big tirade, D.G., but uh, the Jets yeah. just cropped up again. They're 2-3, and th- <laughs> they're two and, three, and uh, I mean, you
2: probably saw most of the game since it was Monday night. What do you think? Um, you know, I-, I disagree with you, sir. I think that the Jets should have won this game. And, again, I-, I always say this, and people may think that I'm a phony, which is fine. I honestly don't equate baseball and football. But I don't hate the Jets. You know, I, I root for them when uh, – I'm not, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to go to a Jets game and, you know, wear a gangrene jersey and all that crap. But the truth is that I'm watching this game on Monday, and I was getting aggravated with the Jets. Joe, they should have won this game. They had this game in the palm of their hands. You know, yeah, J.J. Wyatt was a beast. He was an animal, probably the single most reason why the Jets lost. And I go back to the drive, you know, 15 seconds before the, the half, Mark Sanchez is about ten yards away from throwing a touchdown. He throws a slot box, gets hit by Wyatt, and and tipped into the uh, uh, opposing, you know, defenders' hands. And then he guy runs back like eighty yards and sets up a, a field goal. I know that just irked me to no end. And uh, I look at this team, sir, and you know what? They should have won. They really should have won this game. They could have won this game. That alone, that alone, ended up being. Uh, You know, what's the word here, sir? Um, That alone ended up being a game changer for me. And, uh, you know, the Jets, if they score there, you know, the the whole game, the whole complexity of the game changes – you know, at the end of the game, the end of the big, what, 23-17, if I'm not mistaken. You know, put seven more points on the Jets. It's 24. You take off three. 24-20. They could have won this game. Even at the end, sir, you know, they start bringing Tebow in. And uh, like you said, I don't know what the hell they were doing. One play, Tebow, take him out, put him back in. It's a mess, sir. The Jets are 2-3. and three. I know you're going to tell me that, uh, you know, season's over, lock it up, throw away the key. Sir, they should have they should have defeated the Texans. I mean, I don't know if you're watching the same game that I was, but man, Mark Sanchez looked lost. I know that Mr. Watts, excuse my uh, mispronunciation earlier, he was a huge factor and the Texans defense did a great job, but sir, the Jets should have had this game. They should be three and two right now. You should be flying high as a kite. You know the the bottom line, sir, is
1: that the Jets have no playmakers. I mean, they have no running game. Sean Green is not a running back in the NFL. They're wide receivers, I mean, you have Cromartie playing a wide receiver, so he's playing out of position just to make something happen, make a spark. The Jets score a touchdown off of a kickoff with McKnight. They decide to go for an onside kick to try to get Houston off guard. Terrible
2: call, by the way, They're Terrible. Terrible
1: call, but uh, obviously that's a second guess. I mean, if it works, you're, you're a genius, Rex Ryan. But um, I didn't think the defense was playing that bad that you had to do something like that. And I just Only think 23 that... points. Yeah, I know, and I think uh, good teams find a way to win, sir, and, and bad teams find a way to lose. I mean, it sounds obvious, but I just think that right now Houston's not in the same league. Uh, the Jets are not in the same league as Houston right now, and, and Houston is a team that is and 5-0, and they're clicking on all cylinders. They have a great defensive uh, line with J.J. J. Watson, and their offense. I mean, Adrian Foster, Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub, all playmakers. I, I can't name you more than one playmaker for the Jets. I mean, I guess you could say Cromarty, but again, the guy can't play every position. You can't expect him to play every position as good as like a person that normally plays that position. So the fact that they lost, I'm not surprised. I actually thought that they were going to get blown out, but the Jets actually put up a pretty good fight. Lost 23-17, and you're right, sir. The game turned around when Sanchez was driving down the field before oh, the man. half. Before the half, the ball gets tipped up and it's intercepted. And uh, I'm actually surprised that the Jets actually went after the guy and tried to tackle him because that could have been easily seven points. The Houston Texans only got three points out of that. So, uh, I you thought, know, you got to give them credit for – they didn't give up. You know,
2: you're right. No, definitely. I thought for sure – they were going to score a touchdown on that, on that drive, sir. And it's funny because, you know, I, I mispronounced J.J. Uh, J. Watts. I called him, I think, J.J. Wyatt. And everybody mispronounces uh, Foster. It's actually Arian Foster, not Adrian. But I, I like Adrian. It sounds better. So we'll just call him Adrian for the rest of the show. Um, I mean, he was a beast, sir. But I'm telling you, when I look at the game, the overall thing, and I watched the whole thing, the Jets had this game in the bag. They, You know, the, the uh, Texans had only given up three points, you know, for the past two weeks. And the Jets come in here, Jets could have put up, you know, 20-something, even Close to 30, but they just look lost. Their offense look lost. You mentioned they have no weapons. I mean, man, they have nothing. Sanchez is nobody to throw to. And sir, I, I, we're gonna take a call here in a second. I know we have a big Jets fan on the line. But sir, the end, the end of the game. You know, my nephew when he plays uh, Madden 13, he likes to do, he likes to do uh, fake punts and he likes to do hail marys. What was Mike Sanchez doing that last play of the game? You're telling me that he couldn't just try to loft the ball up and get it out into the open field? He throws a five yard pass with four seconds to play when you're at like the three yard line? Are you kidding me? Come on!
1: No, I, I definitely hear you. Mark Sanchez is feeling the pressure. He's feeling the wrath of the New York media, the New York fans. And I just think that, um, you know what, I mean, the way that the team is constructed this year, and I said last last week, Rex Ryan, to say this is the best defense, yeah, they had a great game, but they're still giving up at least 20 points a game. They're, they're, this is not
2: the best defense. It's not the best team. Let's see, on the, on the, sir, let's see who we have on the line. Let's, let's Yeah, this folks, uh, we have uh, Nora joining us right now, big Jets fan. Nora, how are you doing this evening?
3: Hi, guys. I'm doing well. How about yourself?
2: We are doing
0: oh, you fabulous.
2: Sorry, you sir, me, Nora.
1: <laughs> t- 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 tell me, Nora. I'm just chiming
0: um, in on the combo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the Jets this past Monday?
3: Uh, I mean, like you guys said, definitely did better than I expected, but um, it's definitely definitely not our A game. So I didn't I didn't think they were going to win, to be honest, but... You know they did. They did put up a fight. So that was that was good to see that they wanted it and they wanted to win. It was it was a nice thing. But we we weren't going to win. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen.
2: They had a chance. They had a chance. Come on. At, at least give them some credit. They could have won this game.
3: Well, they they could have won. But you know all of our players are pretty much out. Like all of our good players are out, and you know we're not filling the spaces. We're not you know. Getting getting the offense that we need, and it's just, right. it sucks. It's disappointing because we want them to go far, but the season just didn't start off on the right foot. And I don't know. We'll see how how the rest of it goes. It's still early, I guess, but we'll see. No,
1: Nora. did, Nora, did you give? Have you given up on Mark Sanchez? And do you think Tim Tebow's the <laughs> answer?
3: Um, no, actually, I think Mark is a really good player, and I think that um, if he has the uh, the team to back him up, um, then I think he can do well. I mean, he has brought us into you know the playoffs, and I think he's a really good player. But you know, the problem is when everyone blames him. It's like, you know, what's the number one thing do you, you know do they teach you when you're in elementary school or middle school or high school? There's no I in team. You know, right. it's it's teamwork. It's like everyone has to work together. But at the same time, he is technically like the leader you know he's got to really push the guys and he's got to make them want it you know he's got to really have that like want and that rage that you know you see other quarterbacks on the field and they're just like you know they're they're tough like they're really like tough on their players and he kind of needs to be that way and I don't know maybe I love I love you know Mark, and I love Tebow, and I think Tebow can do well as as a leader. You know, I think he is a really good um, leader and someone you know that can you know do the talks and and encourage and really be like let's let's get it together. You know, I think Mark lacks that a little bit, but I do I do think he's a really awesome good player. But you know, if he doesn't have the people there to help him, how is he going to win? Right. So.
4: That's the he problem. definitely knows how to ma-
1: Yeah, he definitely knows how to manage the game, and that's. I mean, mm-hmm. in t- the first two years, he had a solid defense and he had a solid running game, so he was yeah. able to manage the game. And he actually, you know, he has four road victories in the playoffs. That's, you know, he's right. that's in rare air. Er- he's in rare air er- when you when you talk about four road victories in the playoffs. So he could definitely win. He just needs some tools and some players around him. The the thing that really frustrates me is that the last couple of years the Jets drafts have been horrible. They haven't really got any free totally. agents in here and he has nobody. I mean Tim Tebow I don't even think he sells seats. I don't I don't know what the what, why he's here. He's gonna be here for another three years. Well I mean Woody Johnson yeah. stop smoking the crack plates.
3: <laughs> I think Woody Johnson has probably invested more of his money into Romney's um campaign yes. versus yes. investing into the Jets. So maybe that's what you know, lacking or something, but I don't know. You're right. They they've been making some horrible, horrible drafting choices. So
2: I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. Uh, you know, Nora. Any uh, any final thoughts on your beloved Jets before we uh, move on to my uh, <laughs> Super Bowl defending champion New York Giants?
3: Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know what to say. I I want them to win so badly. I'm a Jets fan, but even when we lose, I still love them. So that's a, that's a true fan, and all we can do is just hope and wish for the best in a good season. So, I mean, if not, we we move on and look forward and go to the next year. That's all. All
1: right, Nora. I mean, definitely thanks for the call, and uh, if you ever want to call and uh, rip the Jets like I do every week to week, uh, you're more than welcome to. Every, every, uh, every Wednesday from 6 to 7.
3: Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. It's my first time ever doing
2: something like this. <laughs> well, oh, hopefully no, will call, call again. And
3: yeah, hey, though, hopefully,
2: ne- hopefully next time you call, the Jets won't be like, uh, you know, uh, what, 2 and two and 14 or something. But, uh, Nora, have a wonderful <laughs> evening, and uh, let's go Jets. <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> Bye, guys. T-
2: take care.
1: Well, That was Nora from I don't know where, but uh, yeah, thanks, for call, <laughs> <laughs> thanks,
4: yeah, thanks for the call, Nora. Thanks for calling, Nora. Calling. Nora.
1: And thanks for that uh, Kevin Knight reference, uh, let's go Jets. Uh, anyway, oh,
2: Let's go Let's go Pirates. Yeah, we have Jim on the line. I know we're going to get to Jim in a second when we switch over to the Giants, but, sir, I believe you had another point you wanted to make about the New York Jetropolitans. No point, just the fact that
1: I just want to preview this week's game. Again, a third home straight game for the Jets are playing the Colts. Hopefully their uh, quote-unquote luck turns around as Andrew Luck comes into town and plays uh, the oh, Jets oh. against the Colts. Yeah, I think that the Jets are gonna actually win this game. I think it's gonna be um it's actually gonna be a kind of a um it'll be a close game, uh, in the beginning, but I think the Jets pull away. I think they're gonna win somewhere in the vicinity of thirty one to twenty one. I just think that the Jets will actually win a game at home against a team that is inferior to them. Uh, I just think that the Colts are just not ready yet, uh on the road. I know that they beat the Packers. That's a huge upset for them yeah, last week. Big time. I just think that I just think that this week the Jets will actually win. I think they'll play a spirited game. They'll beat three and three.
2: Well I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. Well basically what you're what you're telling me, sir, if the Jets win this week and go three and three, that means that they are going to go one and ten for the rest of the year to end up at uh no I'm sorry, not one and ten. Uh they're gonna go one and eight. One and nine for the rest of the year to end up at four and twelve because that was your original prediction.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm, I'm going to stick to that.
2: <laughs> Shifting gears here, uh, New York yeah, Giants. Yeah. Uh what a game on Sunday! I got to tell you, I'm watching it. I'm listening. I listened to most of it because I was uh, I was uh, babysitting and I was out in the car for the most part. Uh, the game, I did pop in from time to time to watch it, but I listened to the entire game. And I tell you, sir, when I'm watching it at the very beginning. And the, the Giants, you know, Amon Bradshaw fumbles immediately, then bam, they get a touchdown. Then, you know, within like two minutes, they're down 14 nothing. I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here with the Giants? I mean, this is going to be a slop fest. But, sir, after that, the Giants got it together in typical Eli fashion, and they basically blew out. You know, they blew out their competition for the rest of the game. They blew out the Browns, because your final score, 41-27, that means that the Giants outscored them 41 to 13 for the next, you know, three quarter, three and a half quarters. I mean, Eli was on fire. You had Ahmad Bradshaw who scummed it up in that first play. Um, but then after that, I mean, guy rushed for 200 yards, and I was just talking a couple of weeks ago how the Giants weren't doing much in terms of rushing. Man, so what a game. The Giants looked awesome, even with the, the plethora of injuries that they have. I mean, the Giants show you, you know, one guy goes down, one guy steps up, and that's how this team works. And the drafts have worked for Jerry Reese. I mean, he's been a hell of a GM. Uh, he's done a great job. You know, that first title uh, back in uh, in 08, got to give the credit to Ernie Acorsi for that one. But this last one was a lot of his guys. And, sir, I'm, I'm riding high right now. The Giants, they could literally be 5-0 and right now. They're not, of course, but they could be, and uh, I still feel good about this team, sir.
1: Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, I thought it was a good win by the Giants. They were down 14 nothing early, like you said, but uh, as, a, as a non-Giant fan, but just watching it, Unbiasedly, I wasn't concerned. The only thing that concerns me, and you got to beat the bad teams, especially at home. And Cleveland is a bad team. The only thing that concerns me right now is that they are giving up a lot of points to bad teams, and the fact that the pass rush is not there yet. Um, I hope, in time, is from a Giant fan, that that pass rush starts to pick up again because you know JPP has one sack in what five games. It's a little concerning, uh, considering that this is a team that is supposed to contend for another Super Bowl. So that's the only two things that I I have from that game, sir. It's a game that you had to win, you did win, and you you put up 41 points. But, uh, again, the defensive line is just not there yet, and I just think that they're giving up a, a little bit too many points to inferior teams. You're right, sir. But
2: they've been giving me some decent points in my fantasy football league, which is another thing that's important to me. I won both games again this week, by the way, and I'm seven and one combined in both leagues. But uh, you know, let's talk a little Giants with our pal Jim here, who's been on hold for quite a while. Jim, my man, what is up? And what do you think about those New York Giants? Guys, how's
4: it going? Sorry, I lost you before driving through the Poconos up here in uh, Pennsylvania. No problem. Uh,
2: It's
4: all right yeah, talk to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm all geared up for the game this week. Uh it's going to be a tough one against uh probably the best team in football or one of the top two other than the Texans, I think. One right. A and one B maybe. But uh yeah, this is this is quite a a game coming up here, especially uh, the fact that we we are going in shorthanded. Uh looks like Nick is good, most likely will play. Um, uh I'm sorry, David Deal most likely will play. But uh, there are a lot of injuries that we are we are hit hard and year after year after year after year with Kaufman. It seems like we're the walking wounded, and uh, I just don't have any any reasoning for it. <laughs> <laughs> it.
2: It is it is amazing. You know, I compare it to my uh, my team over you know that that shall remain nameless, but my New York baseball team that is not the Yankees. I mean, when the, when that team gets hurt. They lose, uh, you know, 160 games. When the Giants get hurt, they still somehow end up winning Super Bowls. I remember the beginning of last year, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, with all these injuries to start the season, Terrell Thomas, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the Giants, maybe they'll have a good year, but look at what they did. And the Giants do more with less. These guys just step up. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but even even if a guy goes down, somebody's coming right in to, to pick up the slack.
4: Oh, absolutely. That that next man up mentality definitely has served them well the last four years. But, but keep in mind, I'm not sure if you remember this, but the, the Tom Coughlin's first press conference as Giants coach, he ridiculed the previous administration, you know, the Jim Fossil administration, for injuries, saying it was more of a of a of a mental block, um, and saying how their injuries are avoidable, yada yada yada, and that really irritated Giants fans, especially in the last few years. I mean, I, I would say before the first Super Bowl, after you win a Super Bowl, I'm all forgiven, but. I would say up until that point, that that injury comment that he made about Fossil and really irritated Giants fans because this team, the you know the Coughlin era teams, like I said, they're they're year after year they're just killed with injuries. So, uh, you know, but like you said, next man up, and that's that's you got to look forward.
1: Definitely. Hey Jim, does the uh, the fact, like I mentioned, the fact that the defensive line just hasn't gotten to the quarterback in the first five weeks, does that concern you?
4: Oh, absolutely, but. But, uh, again, you know, I know we are getting Chris Canney back next week. He was on the PUP list, which means you're out the first six games. Um, but he's ready to come back for Washington next week. Um, so that will help. As you, I'm sure the Jets fan over there knows, Chris Canney pretty much ate you guys up last year for lunch that game. And, uh, I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, I mean, appreciate that. That was a pretty key acquisition we got from Dallas a few years ago. He's, he's a pretty good player, and I think – once he's back, I think that may have a better rotation um, with with the defensive line because he's pretty versatile. He can play defensive tackle, defensive end, so it may may give some guys some may give some guys an extra rest and maybe might, might be, make make you know ex, some you know extra gear come into form here by some of these guys. So
2: no, definitely. Uh... Jim, can you give us a prediction for this week? Uh, you know they're going they're going in there against, like you said, one of the best teams in the NFL, oh by far. Oh, hell, you know setting please. offensive records like crazy. Um, give us a prediction, sir.
4: Oh man, with these it's two old school teams. These guys, these two teams can play in the '90s. Uh, I will, I'm going to say seven three, 49ers. It's a it's going to oh be a, a a matchup. I'm not sure if you guys remember uh, the Giants and Niners were both 10 and 0. Going into uh, week week eleven in 1990, and 49ers won 7-3, and that was a classic Monday night game. And uh, I'm, I'm going to predict the same score, 7-3, with the 49ers victory.
2: Wait, are you talking uh, the Giants against the Yankees in the World Series, or are you actually talking about the? Are we talking football here? I, did we switch to seven
4: to three? Are you kidding me? Seven no, three Monday night game. You can look it up. Ronnie Lott got into it with Phil Simms after the game uh Bill Parcells actually uh not overreacted but he he cut one of the receivers for not not showing up on time it was it was, uh, that was the first <laughs> loss of the of the year of
2: 1990 so no, before the
4: game <laughs> but,
2: but i'm talking about now you're talking 22 years later and by the way i do not remember that because i was 9 years old and i didn't, i wasn't even watching football well, i was suffering with well, with the mess well,
4: I was seven, so <laughs> there's no excuses. I was seven, <laughs> but uh, but, I tell you, well, but I tell you what, you know, I I say that only because these two teams that are playing now, they can they fit that that 1990 90 style uh, mode where mold I should say where they're just uh, round and you know round and ground and pound it out you know dink and dunk down the field, and uh, you know that's that's the type of uh, teams these these two teams are so.
2: No, definitely, Jim. And uh, you know, as always, we we appreciate your take. I'm sure you'll be able to call him next week. But uh, you mentioned something to me, and I, I'd be remiss if I if I didn't at least throw this out there to you. Uh, your uh, your New York baseball Yankees are playing this evening now. I'm gonna say honestly, I, I don't like the Yankees, but it's mostly because of their fans. It's not even a team thing. It's for the most part the obnoxious fans that you hear on WFAN, et cetera, et cetera. I have a feeling that the uh, that the Orioles are gonna win this series. I will probably be proven wrong, but uh, give us your take. If the Yankees lose tonight, are they are they panicking and throwing CC on short rest, or are they just gonna stick with uh, well, I, stick with Phil Hughes in I, game I tell, four?
4: I tell you what. We're, we're the we're the best home team in in the in the uh, in the league. We've ne- you know we're the we're the best home we have the best home record in the league. However, we have lost uh, I believe it was two series to Baltimore at home this year. Buck's doing a great job. Buck Showalter a hell of a manager. I it's loved him back in '93 when he was with the Yankees. I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Yankees in four though. I'm going to say Yankees Yankees pull it out. They're not they don't need Sabathia. I think Sabathia. I, w- I, w- I would go with Hughes tomorrow and save Sebastian for five because you're going to have to win game four or five anyways, so why yeah. not just save him for five? You know That's what I a mean? good
2: point. Yeah, I heard that on the radio today, so the reason I threw it out there, so your prediction, Yankees in four, we'll see if that comes to pass. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. Uh-huh. And, again, uh, you know, feel free to call next week when the Giants have defeated the 49ers. Uh, we could talk about, you know, how your prediction was was wrong and uh, mine was right.
4: Hey, let's hope, guys. Take care, guys.
2: <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> Folks, Joe, the one and only – Joe, he's pretty much becoming uh, becoming the next Todd, let's be honest here. I mean, uh, Jim doing a great job there, uh, you know, joining us and, and helping us out there. All the way from Pennsylvania, I, I think the 7-3 to three prediction is a bit much. I'm going to have to say that uh, I, I'd pick 21-14 Giants. You know, I'll never pick against my team. I don't care if, uh, if again, if it's uh, Eli Manning and, he, you know, he's – Going up against the entire team by himself, I'm always going to pick the Giants to win. That's just the way that it is. But I say 21-14, Giants, sir. Uh, I know that you're probably you're rooting for your wife's team, and uh, you know who knows who knows what happens in in your household when the when the 49ers win. I mean, we really don't even want to think about that. But uh, what's your prediction on this game, sir? Well, I don't think it's going to be as great of a game as it was in
1: January because let's just face it, those teams were playing at their highest. Uh, you know they were just playing at such a level yeah. that um you know it was such a great game to watch as a really uh, non giant non 49er fan but I, I just think that the 49ers get their revenge this week as little as that is it's just a regular season game i just think that's going to be a rough game for both teams it's going to be low scoring i can actually see the the final score being like somewhere 17-13 uh 49ers but it could also be Forty nine. It could be also the Giants that win the game. I just think that the Forty Nineers right now, they're going to go into this with the mentality that they want to take some revenge on the Giants. I mean, they they were that close to the Super Bowl last year, and if they made it to the Super Bowl, they probably going to we're going to win the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a great game, sir. Uh, I'm, uh, unfortunately, I'll, I'll pick the 49ers this week and say seventeen
2: thirteen. All right, that that works. Well, you have a, a variation of Jim's uh, prediction of seven and three, folks. Those are your predictions this week. Uh, I'm going. Uh, Joe and I are both going Jets and uh Joe's going Giant. Uh, sorry, 49ers I'm going Giants. We'll see who's right and who's wrong. We'll be right back after this to to close out the show with a uh, real you know, you know, sound bites for you folks. So uh to, stay tuned. We'll we'll see on the you know, flip side as it were. This is Miss Pennsylvania USA
3: 2011, Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check them out for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly
0: a show about anything and everything, and Dave and Joe, tell it like it is.
3: Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011
0: and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio.
1: All right, folks, we are coming up to the end of the hour. That quick, sir, it's uh, 6.49. We only have about 10 minutes to go, so let's talk some baseball playoffs and let's finish it off with they stink, but, sir baseball playoffs last week uh, started with the one-game playing game. Play-in game. Um, we're not a big fan of it, but you had the Braves losing to the Cardinals, and you had the um, what's the other game? The um, the Orioles beating the Rangers. Uh, I think the Rangers, sir, honestly, just uh, were shell-shocked that the the, o, the A's caught up to them, and I just think that they, they, they thought that they could easily just beat the, the O's and just make it into the playoffs, but that wasn't the case. And then nope. you had the uh, unfortunate infield fly rule called in the brave oh. carnal game that Rural. really decided that game so what do you think about Rural. that
2: well, I don't yeah. really decided the game. It definitely made a, a big impact. But going back to the Texas, you know, the the Rangers pretty much just – well, what's the word, sir? They pretty much scummed it up the the whole time, which was just amazing. I mean, they blew it left and right, sir. The last ten games or so, I think they lost nine of the last ten or nine of their last twelve. I mean, they just didn't have it. And you're right, I do think that they were shell-shocked. And I mean, I figured they were going to win it all this year. But it goes to show you, man, and I said this last year, and, and – You absolutely have to, and I mean have to, win it when you have a chance. Nothing is guaranteed, not in sports, not especially not in any. You know, baseball a little more so than other sports. I mean, you just so much magic needs to go into it as it were, and I don't believe in Magic, but, you know, the expression, to make it to the World Series, man, they blew it. They scummed it up two years in a row, and that that may have been the death knell for this franchise. I hate the one-game playoff. I think it's a joke that 162 games come down to one game. Uh, I'm thinking at least best of three. But tell you what, sir. I think the Rangers would have got swept, even if they played, you know, two out of three. I think they would have lost both games. They just didn't have it that last game of the year. They really just blew it with Oakland. Um, I mean, they 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 are terrible. They did absolutely. They just fell apart. And as far as the Braves go, that infield, what what the hell? Can you explain to me? Baseball needs to come up with a way to reverse decisions because you know it, it's a it's a judgment call. That's a terrible judgment call. The guy was either drunk or high or something, So That ball landed. I mean, that, I think that thing hit the warning track. Are you kidding me? Infield fly? I mean, you know, it's a terrible, and again, not a Braves fan here, a terrible way for Larry Jones to end his career. But you know what? The Braves can bite me, and uh, I'm glad they lost, but that that was definitely one of, if not the worst calls I've ever seen in my life.
1: See, the umpires were in a no-one situation. You could have easily, you know, when they regrouped them, because the fans just decided to throw things onto the field. That made things oh, worse. Man. They had delayed. Yeah, they had delayed the game about twenty minutes, about eighteen to twenty minutes, and that really put the, the umpires in a no win situation where if they huddled up and there was nothing actually being thrown onto the field, they could actually have gone and decided to, you know, change that rule and put uh, not change the rule, just reverse the call and have a basis level one out. Instead, if you if you change the rule now or you change the call now and the fans throw things onto the field, it almost makes it seem like the fans won. It's just a very immature thing to do. It, it delayed the game and um uh, the, the Cardinals hang on, the defending World Series champions hang on. And, and, sir, that segues right into my next point, the fact that the Cardinals are up now two games to one in the AL, uh, the NLDS uh, versus the Nets, sir. And we've, I mean, uh, you could call us the prognosticators, you could call us uh, whatever. You can't call us the second-guessers. We've been talking about this for months. The the Nets are now down two games to one without Strausberg I mean, if you're a fan of the Nets, and you, you you fought all year this year, uh, of this year to get the best record in baseball, and only to be down 2-1 now to the Cardinals, a team that's depleted. Chris Carpenter pitched a, a great game again. I, I'm convinced that he's going to become one of the best playoff pitchers of all time. The guy just pitches lights out every time. How about the fact that Strasburg is now, like, shelved for the year, and the Nats are looking at elimination tomorrow night?
2: I think they deserve it. You know, I think it's a <laughs> stupid, blank... Uh, Call, judgment call, we talked about this earlier. The Nats have a hell of a baseball team. We talked about this earlier. If you thought your team was going to suck at the beginning of the year, and not do all that, then you know what? You are scum, and you deserve it. They should have started him in May. That would have given him the entire month. What sense does it make? If you don't think your team's going to be any good, do you need him in April? No, of course you don't need him in April. They still would have won the division. Start him in May. Give him an extra month. If you're really going to be that tight with the pitch count, I mean, to me that's just terrible, disgusting, pathetic, and idiotic, and the Nats deserve to lose, and I hope they do lose.
1: And, again, sir, it's not like we we're, were second-guessing. We were talking about this during the regular season. We were talking about this when the season was halfway through, how they were going to shut down Stroudsburg after, what, 175 innings. So Yeah, nobody, nobody's
2: second-guessing this, sir. Everybody said it was a terrible decision, and, you know, it's just idiotic. Absolutely idiotic.
1: Absolutely. And then you have the other NLDS series, which is really interesting. You have the Reds against the Giants, where the Giants had the first two home games, and they lost the first two home games, and it looks like now, sir, the, the the Giants won last night in Cincinnati, and they're they're winning right now eight to three late in the game. And Linscombe is actually relieving because Linscombe has had such a, a terrible season that he's not even part of the starting rotation right now. But he's actually in relief right now, pitching pretty good. And it looks like this is going to go to a deciding game five. Uh, it's just like totally opposite where you have the road teams winning all the games so far.
2: Well, you know, I I said this, and it's interestingly enough, and I may look like a like a schmuck. When I said it, but I'm watching Game 1 on Saturday, and I said, I texted, tweeted, whatever, Johnny Cueto going down, uh, spelled the end of the season for the Reds. He will not pitch again until the World Series, if they even make it there. I just don't think they can win without him. So it looks like the Giants are going to come back. They're probably going to win the series. And if not, then uh, the Cardinals are going to win in in the National League regardless, sir. Um, Hell, I think whoever comes out of the American League is going to win it. But i got to say, our our former friend and uh, colleague, Carlos Beltran, is an animal, sir. And he is leading the the, the Redbirds. Uh, it goes to show you, man. If the Mets had won in '06, if they had made it there, Beltran probably would have hit 10 home runs in that World Series because he, he's an amazing postseason player. He just steps it up, and uh, I think the Cardinals are going to win the National League, sir. But again, going back to this series, Cueto uh, going down it, it just hurts him, and hopefully this means that Dickey will win the Cy Young, and uh, you know, and Cueto will not get it, sir. Agreed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, you know.
1: You, you mentioned uh, Beltran. You know, there's another former Met that's actually having a good playoff so far too. You know, his name's uh, Angel Pagan.
2: I'm sorry, who, who is this? Uh, is Angel Pagan. Not familiar, sir. Uh, no, <laughs>
1: okay. I don't know who that moving is. right on, <laughs> moving right along, <laughs> sir. We're, we're coming up to the end of the show. Uh, let's talk about the A's and Tigers. Uh, the A's won. I uh, mean, the Tigers won their first two games at home, and now they're playing the last three in Oakland. I think this series has a chance to go five games. I just think Oakland is on a run and just uh, not a magical carpet ride. Right? I just think that they have great starting pitching and they had a lot of home runs. I think this they yes. going to go five games. And, and Verlander might be the, the deciding factor in this series. I think that the Detroit ekes out a five-game series win, uh, but also that sets them up in pretty bad shape for the ALCS.
2: Yes, sir. Um, I think that whoever comes out of the uh honestly, I think either the Yankees or the or the Orioles are gonna win the World Series. I you know, I'm I'm going that's gonna be my prediction. I do think the Yankees will lose, but that probably means that I'll be wrong. Uh I think that one of those teams is gonna win the World Series. I don't see anybody else de- defeating them or dethroning them, which probably means that the Yankees will go to the World Series and get no hit in four games by whoever comes out of the national league.
1: <laughs> so tonight you have Scherzer versus Griffin. Scherzer for Detroit and Griffin for Oakland, that, that's on later tonight. And the main event we haven't gotten to is finally the uh, the Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles. They split the first two games in Baltimore. They're playing tonight, game three, Had uh, Corona versus Gonzalez. Um, uh, right now, I, I think Yankee fans are uh, once again doubting their team, you know, the team that is uh, built on, what, $250 million payroll, whatever. Uh, but, uh, I just are you talking about A-Rod's
2: is- contract himself? I mean, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs>
1: That's where pretty much what it is. I just think that the if the Yankees somehow uh, feel the pressure, I think they're going to lose tonight. I just think Gonzalez is a great pitcher. You're yeah. going to see him um, against the the meat of the lineup of the Yankees. He, he's uh, actually nobody's gotten a hit off of him. I think uh, the meat of the lineup is 0 for 21 with like 17 strikeouts or something like that. I think the O's are going to win tonight and going to put the pressure on tomorrow night. Hopefully they could close it out tomorrow night. But sir. It's uh it's good to see Yankee fans shaking their boots, even though uh, they they consider themselves the mighty Yankees.
2: You're right, sir. I, I love it.
1: <laughs> Do you have any predictions for this series?
2: Yeah, I made it earlier when I talked to Jim. I think that the uh, Orioles are going to win. I think they're going to come back. I think that uh, you know what the Orioles are going to take it, sir. They're going to take it all right, class. sir. Well, there's,
1: there's your baseball playoffs. Uh, we'll we'll break down next week.
2: We'll talk about uh,
1: what teams advance to the championship series is for each the divi- um. For each, um, what each league, as it will, in baseball. But sir, it's six fifty eight, almost six fifty nine. I'm gonna let you lead off with the day's thinking, and then I'll, I'll I'll go up next. Find the wave too. Uh, yeah. all right, sir. Let's uh,
2: let's I take care it. of that. Well, I, I, I love how you catch me off guard, sir. Um, you know, this is your segment, so uh, why don't you do it, Joe? Well, uh, about, oh, you know what? No, all right, all right. I, I got one, I got one. I'm not sure what yours is, but uh I gotta throw this out there. You you but, talk about they stink, you talk about scum, you talk about garbage, you talk about a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Folks, I am talking about the absolute scum of the universe. The fans over there in Kansas City, are you kidding me? How first of all bullying a guy getting injured is disgusting on any level or as Tim Curry would say disgusting but booing your own starting quarterback you know you make me sick, you're all sick you you all i hope the I hope the chiefs never win a game again. I hope the franchise folds because that's what you deserve. you fans are awful, terrible, disgusting human beings, you need Jesus, you need God in your lives, you need to read the Bible, love your neighbor et cetera et cetera and i i I do not say that jokingly that is just beyond sickening how do you sir how do you cheer? someone on your team getting hurt. I didn't cheer anybody getting hurt, but somebody on your team. That's disgusting. When Jason Bay went down, I know a couple of morons were, were uh, cheering that, but uh, you know that's something I would never cheer, sir. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, you know what? You, you win with
1: the day sync segment just for the fact that you're right. Realistically, th- th- those fans are really sick and sadistic to, to boo your your own and then cheer your own player that's hurt on the field. You never cheer or boo anybody that's hurt on the field. So, Sir, I give it to you. Mine goes to the one and only, and uh, yes, that's right, WWE and Vince McMahon. Folks, you can't get any worse than what Vince McMahon has done the last couple of days. He's been throwing tirades in the backstage, talking about how the product is bad. Well, sir Vince, take a look in the mirror, and uh, you know what? You're the cause for all this because you got a bad, you got bad storylines, you got a bad product right now. With the you got pay-per-views coming up the Wazoo twelve pay-per-views, charging people fifty dollars a month. Who wants to buy pay per view fifty dollars a month? Not me. You got two main shows. You just start a new show called the Main Event, and you, you, you're thinking about firing your writers because those are the people that you think actually make the decisions. No, Vince, take a look in the mirror. You're the one that's making the decisions. You're the one that's changing the writing at the last second on Monday Night Raw. You're the one that needs to be.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, love it, sir. Um, I didn't want to go off that much. Oh,
1: <laughs> God, we got two calls on the yeah, line. Yeah, we did two calls. We have
2: time. Normally, well, we're going to have to get to them, sir. Uh, one of them is uh, one of the segments that we're supposed to do, and another one is uh, an, an oldie but a goodie, literally and figuratively. Let's get to uh, Angel calling in from Woodland Park. Angel, you caught the end of the show. Sir, what would you like to talk about this evening? England. Well, I like to
1: talk about the Yankees. I mean, I I, I heard all that commotion and all that uh, outburst that you had about Kansas City fans. I I'm really not up to it. I don't know what's going on, but uh, I heard a little bit about what you said, and I I, I just like for you to uh, you know get me up to date.
2: My well, dog is uh, barking
1: because he doesn't like the Yankees.
2: Oh well, I, I that that makes uh, four of us annoying the Yankees. What happened on Sunday was Matt Castle, who was the starting quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, got injured. On the field, and the fans were actually cheering as they were carting him off, and that's why I was saying that any fan, any fan who cheers anybody getting injured needs needs professional help. But to cheer your own player getting hurt, I mean that's sick. I listen. I I mean, you guys were
1: talking about something real, you know, real interesting. I I didn't know what's going on, but you know, I I was hearing what you were saying, and I wanted to find out what was going on. Well, Well, you know,
2: know you think the Yankees are going to win or what? No, well i joe i I don't know if you want to touch on this. I think the Yankees will lose tonight. I think they're gonna go down in five, but uh sir, what do you think?
1: No, I agree with you. I think the angels uh i mean the angels the the, the Orioles have the great time <laughs> I like right the now angels. That's, that's
4: good yeah,
1: I mean angels <laughs> are on the orioles side I, I that's what I meant. I just think that the Orioles are gonna actually find a way to win tonight, and I think they actually. Could probably close it out tomorrow night. Considering all the pressure in the world is going to be on the Yankees and Yankee Stadium, I just hope they crumble, they burn, and uh, you know, see you in April. <laughs> you guys sound like you like the Yankees. Oh yeah, yeah we're, we're huge Yankee, Yankee fans. Oh Angel, you, Angel, this is what I th- Angel. This is what I think about the Yankees.
2: Please
1: <laughs> well, what was that? Could you uh, could you reiterate that again? I mean, I didn't quite
2: understand. Please. No, I have. You sound good. <laughs> thank you, Angel. Thank you, Angel. Listen, Angel, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for calling us this evening. Maybe next time, uh, you know, you try calling in a little bit earlier before the end of the show so we could talk to you about the uh, the playoffs and whatnot. Hey, listen, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. You take care of yourself and keep doing a good job. Thank you, Go sir. Have a wonderful Angel. evening. Take care. And, folks, we're joined now by the lovely and the talented Miss uh, Alex, the producer, with A Minute with Alex before we close out the show. Alex, how Hello. are you doing this evening?
0: Hi, guys. I'm doing very good. I wanted to simply call in and say hi. and meet you guys, and I just wanted to uh, bring the peace to the show because I heard uh, the half part of the show where everybody was, a ruling for their team. It's a really dynamic show where I think everybody just wants to roll for their team. And I think it's been a very interesting season. I'm not an expert on the, on the season, so I'm going to start to read about some of these teams. It seems like the last caller is a true fan.
4: Yes, and
0: yes, he is. If I come in at the end of the show and I start talking about nutrition or training or any other thing, I think I'm going to. Uh, get a really funny feedback from your fans. So I'm just going to, for the next show, I'm just going to have to start reading on all these uh, training and all these sports and maybe commenting on your actual team. And I'm going to have to literally talk to Joe and you and learn more about who you truly rule for.
2: Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, Joe and I, unfortunately, as uh, as football fans, uh, we don't like the same team. Joe likes the miserable uh, New York Jets, who are terrible, and I like the uh, wonderful New York Giants, who tend to win Super Bowls. But um, you, know, uh, you know, you know, you it, it's great to have you on, Alex. It's always it's always a pleasure when you when you call in. We had talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I know you and I spoke off the air about getting a minute with Alex, where you would share, you know, something going on, whether it's nutrition or whatever the case is. So I'm definitely a uh, Looking forward
0: to that. Thank you. I wanted to, especially today, it's been a crazy week for me because I was from promoting a, a group that started something called juicing, and I've been learning a lot about it, and it is an incredible mechanism for nutrition. I don't know if anybody out there has tried it. A lot of sports figures have been doing it. I'm going to bring in next week for the people that are trying it, some of the sports figures in football and baseball that are doing it, but uh, it's pretty incredible. I tried it myself, and it turns your energy levels around, and you do juices like vegetables, fruits, and some taste really good, and some of them taste really bad, but um, <laughs> i do a lot more about it next week because I'm doing tons of research with some sports figures, so uh, keep your ears up for next week on it. It's crazy. It's a crazy lifestyle, but it's really no,
2: interesting. It definitely is. My wife uh, read something and saw a video on this guy. It was like an hour long, almost two hour long documentary about a guy who lost like a hundred pounds or something, or forty pounds. I forget what it was. So oh, juicing for like a six month period and then uh, and slowly reintroducing food and, and stuff. So it was definitely, uh, it was definitely interesting and something that uh, you know we'd like to hear about. So next week, uh, Alex, we look forward to that. Uh thanks for for calling us. Uh, you know, to kind of give us a little a little preview of next week, but we definitely look forward to uh um having you talking about this next week because it it definitely tie in with a lot of uh show and you know what people do, what they shouldn't do or you know whatever the case is. Thank so again, you guys. Uh,
0: thank you, thank you very much. Thank you for having me again, and I hope that everything that we're hoping for is going to happen. We we'll, um I'm planning oh, on
2: definitely.
0: calling some of our show um guests and talking to some sports celebrities and see what we can do with them for the season. So, oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You too, you too Alex. Bye-bye. Take care.
2: Bye. Take care. You're the Folks, best. Guys, The wonderful, you can follow her at Alex, the producer. She's just a lovely human being and uh, somebody who I love talking to because, sir, she's always, unlike us, She's always very positive and always has something uh, good to say. And, uh, you know, every time I talk to her, I always feel encouraged, unlike when I talk to you where I always feel discouraged. Yeah,
1: Alex is pure goodness. She uh, brings <laughs> a positive spin to things, and it's always good. I, I mean, it's it's definitely an honor and a privilege to have her come on the show whenever she can because she is one
2: busy woman, and she always has time for pure gold. you got to love her. Of course, uh, gotta love that, and of course, gotta love uh, Angel who called in from Woodland Park. Uh, always a near and dear color to our hearts. It's been a long time since he called in, and uh, you know he brought Wait. the goodness as. Sorry yeah, yeah, say. definitely.
1: He, he definitely brought the goodness, and uh, Angel, if you're still listening to the show, uh, which I think you are.
2: Please stay- <laughs> That's for him of course. Uh and yeah. and again thanks to uh thanks to Jim for calling in, thanks to Nora for calling in. Today was a call heavy show sir, which is how we're able to go uh, 10 minutes over the the norm, which we've been sticking to that hour recently, but uh once we head over to Newark, we'll we'll have an hour and a half, so we'll be able to, you know, fit in more callers and stuff, but it's always exciting to talk to them. And of course, like you said, thanks to Alex for calling in and and most importantly, thanks to Blanca uh, Reyes from Group 1 Crew for joining us. She was a great guest. Uh, hopefully we'll have her on again in the future. And uh, all you out there listening, you know, remember to keep it PG. Thank you so much. Tune in next week, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everybody. Huh.
4: What's Thanks. the name of
2: your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold?
4: Yes, sir. I got two words for you. <laughs> you old.